Tuesday Radio Network HealthCast Series. I'm here with Janelle King. We just had a very interesting discussion about Roe versus Wade, and we're we're at the Rise Conference, the the summit on women in healthcare leadership. One of the key components of this particular summit, Janelle, and I know that you're not a corporate person, even mm-hmm. I think I think that you're going to end up on the corporate side. Oh it's boy. Just, um, <laughs> People get tired of the patient care element. That is true. And, you know, being vomited on and pooped (laughs) on. I mean, I know that you're not doing that, but um, people get tired of that. Yeah. And then they want to sit behind a desk, especially as their kids get a little older. They want to be working those crazy shifts, all of that. That's true. And want to be able to be consistent with their schedule. A key discussion here is women in the workplace. Okay. Now, at this summit you're talking about the cream of the crop these mm-hmm. are every everyone in here is elite these are all elite leaders who are running companies who are directors vice presidents all of that stuff great resumes these people went to fantastic schools mm-hmm. but one of the things i was talking about before we started broadcasting women in healthcare get paid less yeah they're subjected to sexual harassment it's really just like all the other companies. It's mm-hmm. like being in tech. It's like being in um, in manufacturing. It's like being in any other any other realm. You have to jump through so many hoops. You mm-hmm. have to be twice as good to get half as much yeah. in many yeah. cases. So I have Very so much true. respect for people that are able to burst through the glass ceilings. Now, how have you seen the way that women are treated and paid on the clinical side? Because you're a clinical person. You're a nurse. Yeah. But what is the dynamic like when you're when you're working with providers who there are a lot more providers that are men, doctors that mm-hmm. are men, but pretty much the rest of the healthcare is like seventy five percent women. Yeah. So what is what are some of the dynamics that you've seen? What are have you ever seen sexual harassment? Have you seen women not being paid well, treated well? Uh, nurses are different because yeah. y'all strike, y'all y'all <laughs> going strike, y'all hit the NLRB. <laughs> and you'll you'll strike on that arse like you don't y'all y'all don't care. Nurses, Sometimes it's a little more like subtle. Um, and from my experience, like some of the language um, male providers will use towards you know their subordinates, so other nurses, other providers, um, probably sometimes discounting their ideas, Interesting. Uh, things of that nature. So um, I'm not really on the pay side, so I can't speak to that. Sometimes. For nursing, yeah, on the pay side, you yeah. don't get paid. You work for free. <laughs> Generally, what they're supposed to do, they do it by the, your years of. You oh, know, okay, so, so it's slotted. Right. It's not, so like it's right. like you should be in this range because you've been a nurse for this long. Right. Um, I I've never actually thought about asking one of my male counterparts what what they're making okay. um, to see if there's any discrepancy. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I see stuff on from like provider to support subordinate and just their how they treat. Um, even myself, like how I've been treated by certain physicians, um, okay. just discounted. Would you say your experience have been generally good or generally not as good? Or? A lot of times, generally it's been good, and I don't know if that's because of, um, I've just been fortunate to work with a lot of female providers, but I All have right. worked with male providers. You're a very pleasant person to be around. Most of the time, most yeah, of the time, I'm so. pretty pretty pleasant. But there are times, you know, where a male provider will try to, I don't know, assert their domination or just come across really rude and I, I have no problems addressing it. So I, I got to check them, check them real hard um, so that it never happens again. No, so, so that's a great conversation. So how would you check someone? Uh, because that comes up a lot, mm-hmm. pushing boundaries. And I think there are a lot of articles, white papers, or just people ranting on LinkedIn or, or whatever, <laughs> 
but basically saying that, hey, I'm a woman. I was disrespected by a male. Kind. I'm not talking about extreme. I'm right. not talking someone, you know, um, asking them to make out in a copy right. room or, or just extreme sexual harassment. Someone posting a, a pic of their private area or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm talking about just in a typical day to day. Someone says, oh, sweetheart. No, we're not doing that right. today. Or just something that belittles. Yeah. Uh, not a team player. Just kind of once, once again, asserting male dominance. Right. Implying that you're inferior, implying that your opinions and thoughts don't matter. What is the proper way to address that without, um, you know, making a huge issue that ends up in the HR room? Because I think a lot of times these microaggressions, mm-hmm. um, I love the term microaggression, and you, especially with your hair, because you're black and you have curly hair. So, yeah. African American, well, you're Canadian, so Afro Canadian, <laughs> whatever, whatever y'all call yourselves, Jamaican slash whatever, with curly hair. Yeah. How do you settle those microaggressions without, you know, making it a, hey, I'm taking it to HR? I mean, it's so sometimes when you check people up front, you curtail the behavior. Yeah. And it doesn't escalate to that point. But when you let people get away with it, you're like three years in and, and you're like, hey, I don't like when you call me sweetheart. And right. I'm like, well, I've been calling you sweetheart for, for three, three years. years. Yeah. That doesn't make it right. Yeah. But I'm just telling you how men think. It's yeah. just like, why didn't you bring it up three years ago? So, so I'm, I guess as you, as I get older, I'm, I'm very direct. So if the behavior is something that, you know, that I can talk to this particular clinician at the end of my clinic, I will go to their office after clinic and we're, we're going to talk about it then okay. and there. Yeah. And so if I don't think that there is a resolution, I don't think that, um, they're taking me seriously. I think that's when I elevate it to my manager. I've, I've always been very fortunate to have really good managers who okay. advocate for me. And so that in, you know, in my history has worked and has helped. Okay. What about, what is the next step when someone has been informed that the behavior is not acceptable, but the behavior continues? Oh, I'm, I'm taking it up the chain. You have to go up the chain. Yeah, you got to take it up the chain. Cause I've seen it from the executive standpoint, and I'm, mm. I kind of had a zero tolerance policy on those type of things. Right. Um, I have a lot of flaws, but I'm very high on respect of women in the workplace mm-hmm. because to me, it's a part, the way that you treat women, the way that you treat minorities, the way that you treat the LBG, uh, the LBGTQ, having a brain freeze because <laughs> it's so cold in here. The way you treat that community it says a lot about your culture I agree as an organization so if you treat minorities bad and you treat people uh, uh, also people that are disabled yeah uh, definitely shout out to disabled people because people that are blind or people that are missing a limb or people that um, you know are not able to walk as fast I mean I worked with a guy that had MS mm. and they allowed him to ride his Segway mm. into the office and he was whipping that Segway yeah. and he was a real uh, well-dressed guy and articulate, went to a fantastic school, but had MS. Yeah. And could not walk to the bathroom without braces and stuff. Yeah. But when he was on that Segway, you didn't see any difference. No. In fact, it made him taller. Yeah. It kind of made him the alpha male More of, dominant. of the group. Right. And But the company accommodated that. Right. Some companies won't accommodate that. And yeah. they, made, they created a ramp for him, and I would wow. see him. He had the Segway attached to the back of his SUV. Mm. And in the morning, he would park. He would, you know, use his braces to walk. He would lower the Segway from from the back of his SUV and he'd get on it. And it was ramp friendly throughout the building. So he could get anywhere in the building on his Segway. That's awesome. And 
that's the solution. You have a you have a very he was in management. You have a highly productive employee that you would not have had otherwise. I agree because just whatever little dollars it costs to create a ramp for for somebody to get in. So I think diversity and inclusion that includes everyone. Yeah. Like it's not. I think it's not just black people. Right. Like it's not just Asian people. Right. It's not just women. You know. It's it's the the full gamut. But how you treat those people says a lot to me about your organization. I, I like agree. If you don't if you don't treat people like that well. It just kind of says that that you, you your company right. really not the type of company that you want to work for. Yeah, if you, I, if I agree. You, and if you tolerate management belittling or treating people that are in in smaller classes, and I've been at companies that they had a culture they they like treating people like garbage. Mm. You know? If they if they could get upper hand on a group of people, they would do it, and they would never say it publicly. You know, I worked at yeah. a company, Janelle. During Black History Month, they served like fried chicken, and they had in, <laughs> oh in the cafeteria gosh. they had all this black diabetic food uh, <laughs> fried chicken pecan pie uh, they didn't put chitlins out but it oh was my they, they put pretty much everything <laughs> next to chitlins and hog hog maws that's out crazy. there and they they emailed the whole company and said in celebration of oh black history month we are going to have jerk chicken and we're going to have <laughs> fried chicken and we're going to have um, uh, black eyed peas right. and stuff like that I'm sure they didn't get the input of anyone. Black. I was very disgusted. So what As happened was be. I went to an HR leader mm -hmm. off the record and I said, hey, I'm not calling you a racist. I'm not saying the company is racist. I understand that this is your objective is to do something positive. Right. But it does not come off as positive. Right. I have other African-American people that report on my team. It's kind of offensive. Right. I implore you to not do this. And I'll never forget Janelle. The person said, you know, I grew up around a lot of black people. My 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 pastor was black growing up and and I had black friends. Black friend syndrome. And and <laughs> she said, quote, we had blacks in the house all the time <laughs> growing wow. up. And that was her justification. She said, I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. I'm like, I'm not telling, I'm not, I'm not saying right. that you're a racist. I'm just saying that this is not appropriate. This it doesn't, is a poor it doesn't taste. look good. But that right. was her response wow. to it. And that, not surprising. And I didn't push it after that. Right. Like when you're when you're talking to someone that thinks like that, there's really there's nothing to talk about. You can't change their mind. It's it's not really worth it. But yeah, I think I think it's very important to to treat people well and to pay people well. I agree. I think they're paying people well. Treating people good and not paying them. I'd rather be treated bad and get paid. <laughs> me personally. Now, there are other people that don't think that way. But I if you're if you're a company that has these, the diversity and inclusion C-suite roles, and it's these new yeah. roles where you're the chief diversity yep. officer and all of that, and we've had we've had CDOs on the show. Yeah. Is that Allison Francis been on the show? Contributes to the show. She's the CDO of Costco up in Seattle. But if you don't really actually pay people fair and treat people fair, then it's a scam. Yeah, you're running, I agree. You're running a scam. You're, I, you're I, an absolute fraud. Yeah, if, if I agree. Now, I wanted to ask you one more question because we talked in the first segment about Roe versus Wade. Uh -huh. What are the laws in Canada? In we terms of... Canada on abortion. Abortion? Are, yeah. I, I, so You've been out so long, you don't... I've been out so long, but I like abortions are legal in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it a political issue or is it just... I don't... Is Canada mostly leftist, liberal country? I'm not saying that as a, yeah. as a derogatory... I mean, I can only speak from my perspective. You okay. know, I grew up in Ontario. 
it was very liberal right. where I grew up. Not to say that all of Canada is that way. It's been a couple of years since I've lived there, so you know okay. things have obviously changed. But I think you know abortion care is part of reproductive care, as far as I know, okay. for Canada. Yeah. So it's all built through the single payer system. Correct. Right? It's not. It's not a. It's not personal. You're not going to. There's no Planned Parenthood there. Like it's all through. It's all no, state run. Right. Okay. As far as I know. Now, if that's wrong, somebody in Canada, you can certainly correct me. But as far as I know, yeah. Okay. Well, that's very that's very interesting. But what we're going to do, we see we got Anna walking by. Anna's going to be doing some time with. The, when do you want to come and sit with us, Anna? Okay. <laughs> um, Anna's going to be sitting with us and doing some time with us um, in the next couple of segments. It's Anna Hanshu, who. She has so many jobs and so many titles <laughs> that I forget. But what we're going to do is we're going to cut to a break. Anna's walking by. We're going to get Anna to, to sit with me and Janelle and have some fun and really get into some good conversations. More than Lance J Show after these messages. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. a business owner in the DMV and looking to expand your consumer base, Ward 8 is now accepting applications for an amazing retail project. Incubate the 8 will feature 10,000 square feet of retail space adjacent to the Congress Heights Metro Station and located next to several key entertainment venues in Washington, D.C. To apply, go to www.stelizabetheast.com and peruse the many development initiatives taking place in the Congress Heights neighborhood. <laughs> 